0: Hello, I'm horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. I draw monsters and write twisted tales. As you can imagine, I was a little obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Lucky for me, so were most of my high school friends, all except one. One friend who stubbornly refused to join the Scoobies. So here we all are, 20 some odd years later. I'm teaming up with Doc Travis, John, Teach Landis, and maybe a special guest or two, And we are going to make our friend, Michael Poli watch one episode of Buffy a week until he's no longer the Buffy Virgin. Welcome to Buffy Virgin, a spoiler-free Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. It's season six, and Buffy's back. We're watching Bargaining Part Two. Uh, Before we get started, uh, can I ask everyone listening to please subscribe and rate us and all that crap. We really appreciate it. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Cartoonist St. John. Uh, Why don't you guys introduce yourselves with uh, your most fun activity you did this week.
1: My name's John. I uh, recently explored the Crystal Palace Dinosaur Park, which apparently is the oldest dinosaur exhibit in the world, so it's what dinosaurs look like according to the Victorians, which generally seems to be fat in the neck that is victorian's (laughs) view on dinosaurs that's what i'm so
0: jealous
2: i would love to have gone to that my name is travis and i went to the cornell glee club and choir uh, concert in portland which was great go cornell
3: my name is michael i'm the virgin i've only seen buffy up to season six episode two and i went to go see a star trek the next generation themed improvised musical that was two hours long It was both amazing
1: and too long Oh my god uh, Going to see a performance And it's like improvised And a musical And two hours That's a, whew, Three strikes you're out <laughs> And Star Trek But Star Trek makes up for all of it
3: You know what made me want to watch Star Trek Because it was so like They were so delighted by all of the content that they were performing And I heard so many hot takes about Star Trek While I was there <laughs> just in the background. Deep Space 9 great. gets good. Star Trek Voyager gets good.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next gen starts good, stays good. No. It takes a little about starts good. Yeah, it takes a couple seasons. All right. Uh so we're going to be talking uh season 6 season 6 episode 2, but first we're going to do reactions to season 5 episode 17 forever known as the episode after the body Um, John why don't you read the first one okay so Ivana Klitsch says
1: and you forgot to mention that Jennifer Grey is a wife of Clark Gregg so
0: everything is in the verse. I'm very interested in Clark Gregg maybe having multiple wives based on this is a wife (laughs) I completely Sorry. forget who's Jennifer Gray and who's Clark Gregg. I have no idea who these people are. Uh, <laughs> before Travis explodes with with that, uh, why don't Travis, why don't you read the one the Renan Oz response? Yes, yeah, so
2: Renan Oz says, I'm going to need a full month of recovery from my abject horror at your lack of appropriate Joel Gray fanning out, most especially for the largest reaction being in relation to his parentage of Jennifer Gray rather than and not his decades long genre forming
1: work in the theater oh of course so i remember this joel gray is the guy who plays the uh warlock uh with the serpent tongue and jennifer gray is the lady who was in ferris bueller's day off and uh dirty dancing who's his daughter we discussed this at the time i remember that now yeah this summary made me laugh
3: also the predictions quote buffy's going on a journey wait did he predict the very next episode She's going to Europe. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? She might have. Who knows? You know, Michelle Trachtenberg apparently was in uh, Euro trip. So yeah. some of these summers like to travel every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, regarding the more philosophical topics of tonight's discussion, you guys should really cover Dollhouse when you're done with Buffy. Hmm.
0: Um. By the time this episode airs uh, The other podcast I'm on The Nevers will have had A Dollhouse themed episode Which I don't think I'm going to be on um, But if you want to hear Some Dollhouse talk uh, You can go to that I I, I kind of took myself off of it Because I was like <laughs> Yeah Dissenting opinion on this Dollhouse show. might be the
1: uh, Voyager of Joss Whedon shows um, And uh,
0: this one I is I like from- how that's like We should all know what that means <laughs> <laughs> It's great <laughs> Kind of sucks, I guess is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) But people like it. No, no, I've been assured that Voyager is very good. Um, So I want to glitch. I had a really long and interesting um, uh, comment, uh, and I do recommend over on YouTube that you go see it, but it it was kind of full of spoilers, so I trimmed it down a little. Um, So... uh, Iwana says, I really never understand the tradition of giving people food around funeral. Uh, we don't have it in Poland, so I only see it on TV shows. Like, why do you do this? <laughs> but we probably would be eating some salad because we are always we always eat potato salad. It's like <laughs> Polish traditional food for traditional events. Um, also, binging your podcast. Uh, I found it a couple weeks ago, so, so I'm pretty new. So thanks. Thank you for binging that. Uh, wow. Also, Willow in this episode. Uh not the first time in the show. I really sometimes think uh, that she's that she has some some mental problems. Like, why did she even give Don this idea? Sometimes Willow acts like she doesn't understand other people's feelings, and she's not um, from an abusive alcoholic family. She doesn't have PTSD or depression, uh, but it it's getting worse from season to season. It's a weird trope from Joss. Like, if someone is a genius, it's also a crazy. They're also a crazy genius with a flaw in their mental state. Like, pretty much all geniuses in the series. It's weird. Did Joss, does Joss not like them? Or is it the Hellmouth power uh, that makes something, makes something happen with them? Um, <laughs> so there was more, but I, I kind of trimmed it. Uh, that's, a great, that's, great, uh, that's a great
2: take on Willow. Absolutely. Well I would say that you know she's not necessarily from an abusive family. She's but her family situation is a little bit weird. Yeah. It's it's a little kind of neglect kind of neglecting slash underparented.
0: Slash so maybe the be experimented. <laughs> yeah. She treats her, her mom treats her kid like an experiment a little. A little bit, yeah. But that's a super interesting take. Um, and uh, at Susie Lima Bean said, uh, I watched this. Susie Susie Lima Bean. Ah, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Makes so much more sense. It says, uh, I watched this last night after picking myself up off the floor after the body and thought the same. Uh, It didn't seem very hard to get the eggs compared to some of the other creatures they battled, and the reward could be massive. Strange, but I think uh, time was a factor in this episode. Yeah, (laughs) I think you're right. Uh, So thank you for that. Uh, So thanks, everybody, for writing to us, and um, we really appreciate it, and uh, feel free to write more. Um, All right, now let's uh, move back into uh, Bargaining Part 2. We'll do a summary for the episode and find out what, what happened. The Summary
3: You're Buffy Summers, and you were just having the best time being dead? Now you're resurrected underground by your inconsiderate friends. Punching your way to the surface, you find you can't even get a good cup of coffee because the espresso pump is on fire. Demon biker gangs have taken over and it's the end of the world. But the start of a new in Season 6, Bargaining, Part 2.
0: All right, thank you. Uh, Let's do Great (laughs) Lines.
3: Great Lines. uh i left out loud when i heard this great one uh with uh it was an interaction between uh the big demon you know like motorcycle gang member leader and xander demon says big axe you got there xander says all the better to cut you down to size grandma and like just xander's <laughs> awesome confidence just sold that so hard and that was fan that was just a great line and then uh even in the midst of the insanity of don's um confrontation with buffy trying to get buffy from killing herself again uh you know don says uh, this tower was built by crazy people i don't think it's holding up very well <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah this tower was built by crazy people <laughs> it sh- the fact that it's still up is it's not so in this whatever yeah. this junkyard world is oh man and she called it out just as i was thinking it i'm like
1: what are they doing <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed Xander's line uh, where he says, I happen to be a very powerful man-witch, which I, I think, a uh, little-known fact, this is actually um, paid product placement from uh, Man-witch, the canned meat company. It's
2: also the second sandwich joke in a row. There was a sandwich joke in the first episode, and now in part oh, yeah. one. I, a, I like sandwich. Yeah. He ate, like, right. five sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I liked when Xander said, do fireflies bite? No, they probably burn. And that was just a cute joke. Incidentally, parts of the United States say lightning bug instead of firefly, but it would still uh, probably
1: work. Do that's our part. B- you say lightning bug in Ohio. I grew up saying lightning, lightning bug. I said mm-hmm. firefly. Yeah, but you I, guys now,
0: grew up uh, a couple blocks away from each other. So. <laughs> <Yeah. Bout laughs> it was at
2: the dividing line.
0: It was right <laughs> in like, <laughs> Centerville. Bridges. It was like right
2: in Centerville, Kettering. <laughs> Divide that's a North Dayton thing that was right. I was right in North Dayton.
0: uh it does seem like we're all choosing Xander lines this episode for some reason. uh so good on Xander. I, I chose know. demons. ah, now there's something you don't see every day unless you're us <laughs> uh and I also picked the buffy uh Buffy's line. is this hell? um thanks for summarizing the show, Buffy. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's do the kill count. The kill count. So, we have uh, six demons g- killed on screen, one robot, uh, and I'm calling various inanimate objects ranging from a tower to a mailbox, and many shops in between. Alright, guys, let's jump into it. Let's do weird notices the trivia. Weird Noticings.
3: So right away, I mean, we may have addressed this a little bit last episode, but they really didn't think through this resurrection. No one even brought a shovel. So they really, (laughs) their plan was to resurrect Buffy in the ground and then wait for her to (laughs) dig her way out. Like, did they think that she was going to just suddenly appear magically? I think that's what they must have thought. I think that's
1: what they expected, yeah.
3: And maybe if you complete the ritual correctly, there's a little bit of a teleportation thing at the end, like a little magic gimmick, like resurrecting the person. That's very important. then the last bit
0: is just the like teleport out of the ground thing <laughs> that they missed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think if it wasn't interrupted, they'd just be staring at the grave for a while and eventually it would click in them like, oh, shit, we should dig this up. <laughs> they'd hear her I mean, hitting the coffin or whatever.
3: I mean, okay. it takes a few hours for her to get out, right? It's like maybe an hour or two hours right, for her to, you know, crawl her. Or- like rip her way out of the ground. I think that's enough time for you to second guess yourself, even if you pull this spell off. Yeah. So I mean, it's
0: <laughs> also more than enough time to suffocate. Right. Uh. It,
3: it only works if you resurrect a superhuman. <laughs> like yeah. if, if one of us got resurrected in the ground, we're just going to die a second time. <laughs> just slowly. Like in that yeah, movie. That's barrier nightmare or whatever. Right there. <laughs> uh
0: You're resurrected, but you're underground. Thanks, team. It's like Poe going on, man. Uh, I feel sad, very sad for the Buffy bot in this episode. It's a tough life out there for an AI, man. Totally. (laughs) Uh, And I just also wanted to call out, this is the first episode of the show ever without Anthony Stewart head.
1: Wow. Yeah, you really miss him, too. Like, I, uh, really feel like, uh, what is Giles thinking? I mean, we talked about this last episode. What is Giles thinking going back, uh, now? Cause like, they really could have used him. No, oh, he didn't know. I know, but
0: he probably should have known. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing those dummies. <laughs> he really, ah uh, yeah. I feel like he should have stepped up, really should have stepped up on Don duty. And he didn't. Yeah.
3: No, if he's there, that means they have to solve the problem. I mean, this is, this is the only allow, only way to have <laughs> yeah. all this chaos in town is if dad's out of town. <laughs> this is the kind of
0: behavior you do when, yeah, dad's out of town and you're just a bunch of dumb 20-year-olds trying to raise a kid on your own.
1: <laughs> um, I was kind of watching this and wondering, like, uh, Buffy is resurrected and then she, you know, she kind of, like, freaks out looking at her own tombstone and stuff, but, like, Knowing that Buffy is a bit of a fashionista, I wonder how she feels about the clothes she was buried in. Because it's like, the, you know, it's an outfit you definitely don't choose for yourself. And uh, they chose to bury her in all black, which I thought was an interesting choice. I don't know. I feel like at a funeral, everybody wears black. But does the corpse? (laughs) Like she's mourning herself. Yeah. Anyway,
0: I just was wondering how do you think Buffy would have felt about that? I don't know. Like if, if Buffy was in her rational mind at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen, like, a classic Buffy, like, sarcastic quip about it.
2: She's in no mood for
3: quips.
0: <laughs> they buried I mean, her in, They
2: buried her in heels. That's all I have to yeah. say. It's, it's, it's <laughs> like the worst outfit to wake up
1: in. You can't really run that well. Well, and, yeah. I mean, but, you can't really argue that it was impractical at the time.
2: Well, her friends who were probably thinking of resurrecting probably should have made some cooler... Some some more sane
0: burial choices, but <laughs> I don't know if it's super a... respectful, though, to bury somebody like Buffy in like combat boots, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, not boot, maybe just, you know, flats. I don't
3: know. No, Barry be right in full Kevlar
1: with a walkie talkie in case there's any new orders that come in. <laughs> Speaking of combat boots and walkie talkies, does Riley know that Buffy is dead? Probably not. No, no. he has no idea.
0: He's you know, still out in to be a, South America. Uh, speaking of this whole situation Buffy's gotten herself into, and I didn't write this down, but I just thought of it. There used to be a thing in gravestones, and you can still see them in like, uh, cemeteries in Vermont, of like a bell that is attached way back down to the coffin, so if the person is buried alive, they can ring. That's very intense. That, I that only that. exists to frighten children. So you can have a little <laughs> string off the side. That's the only thing. Yeah. There's also kid- occasionally um, like a viewing window, like a big, thick piece of glass that goes all the way down. In case I guess we could solve like-
1: this nowadays. Just bury them with a cell phone and like a uh, freaking backup battery.
0: I'm not going to get any reception, <laughs> dog. Yeah, what happens when the
2: service <laughs> stops?
3: Dude, cremation 100% solves this problem completely. This <laughs> obsession with the physical
2: body is insane. <laughs> Cremation okay. solves so many problems. Oh, but then Buffy could have Buffy could have jumped out of like a like an urn, like a lamp, like a genie when they resurrected her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do they need the physical body for the
1: resurrection? I mean, not yeah. to be. I mean, if she can come back, she was like super rotted from the effects at the end of the last yeah. episode. I feel like uh, if she can come back from that, she probably come back from a pile of ashes. Yeah. You
0: don't what need are much. The limits of magic.
1: What are the limits of God? But if you, like, have scattered the ashes, then where is the location? Is it, like, equidistant of all the individual ash particles?
2: Ooh, then you just get her favorite outfit, and then you lay it on a bed, and then she'll just magically appear into the favorite outfit. Uh,
3: right. you. Right, and then the Mad Magazine version is you just put a bra on the bed, and then, yeah. you know, they, they appear, right? <laughs> well, like a... Not
2: that, but...
3: <laughs> I really like the scene where Willow is just uh, telling Xander about how well, she's just coming up to coming to the conclusion that Buffy can't come back. And like everyone else has kind of like gone through this already. But it's really interesting and a great scene to see uh, Willow traumatized by the, the fact that she can't bring Buffy back and she's powerless. And got to say, the, the acting on that, the performance, that's just an amazing scene so well done such a needed scene too given you know no one's really you know we had like a moment after Buffy died in the last the episode of last season where there's kind of a reaction shot a group reaction shot where Spike is really like weeping on the ground and then here we really get I mean Allison Hannigan just top-notch she's fantastic in that scene and yeah Buffy's gone Xander she's really she's not coming back like oh it's beautiful
0: Yeah, it's amazing how you can put off grief if you're a magician. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a solid scene. Um, I liked uh, when Spike absentmindedly grabs a cross. What a (laughs) dum-dum. Yeah, that was great. (laughs)
3: That was like, they actually got the sound effect perfect, too. It really sold the joke. It was amazing. Versus later, there's like a Molotov cocktail thing that someone throws at the house and just like it has mm. like a little plasma sound to it. Like that sound effect worked. Molotov sound effect a little off. Oh, yeah. yeah. S- speaking of Molotovs, what is this demon gang's plan? I'm just going to ask generally. I know this is mean, a question uh, for the group. But like, what is this plan? They're just on your basic
0: uh, crush, kill, destroy, right? but they also want to set up shop like it's their new home they say it is funny that like i don't see the e- economics of this working out like they just <laughs> smash shit. they they're not in, they're not into the looting like you see them smashing it smashing into a uh, store and then like burning the books like
3: yeah <laughs> i mean they smash the mailbox so clearly there's going to be no you know no communication of any kind in this world, right? <laughs> no postal like, service. Uh, yeah, totally. It just feels like a bunch of kids like getting loose. Like I feel like this version of a motorcycle gang is really disappointing because it doesn't want to read into like the you know the the like the the kind of the drug mule gang or like the kind of like like setting up a drug factory. I don't know, just whatever I think like a gang might do. It just I think in this show, at least the conception of gang intelligence is super low. I think just across the board. And so it's like, oh, you're a gang. That means you're like, it's like a hundred Dennis, the menaces just going right. loose in a town.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I explicitly didn't want to talk about this, but there is the horrifying rape threat that they make. That yeah. is really gross and terrifying. No, oh, yeah. It really like takes the episode down notch. <laughs> I did have that down later. Um, oh, do you? Okay. We can get to that later then. I mean, we can talk about yeah, that.
2: That's why that's where the gang isn't that impressive because it's so phony. Right, it's yeah. so it's so like a level one gang, and there's like no plans. It doesn't capture any of the real terror of the gang. It's just this is like a if you think about it it would be like a marauding horde. That, that's kind of what it is,
0: but I mean, I the the thing of them being level one though, I I I kind of like that because it's like this is a level one threat, but they but the team is lacking Buffy, yeah. so they're like right. you know they're kind of fucked because they're out off their. Uh, their two biggest hitters are, are down. Right. So it's like, how does this group that doesn't have like any super strength deal with it? I mean, that's I, not exactly what you meant by level one. I know. Right. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I
1: kind of like it because I think one of the things we discussed before was that, like, how, like, or at least for me, like, how much good has Buffy really been doing all this time? Because she's defending Sunnydale, but she's the only slayer in the world. And Sunnydale's this little tiny town. And, you know, how much good is she really doing in the world? But it's very clear that she has been doing a lot because this is impending doom has been there this whole time. And I think like my headcanon is that like Buffy had to be in Sunnydale because uh, that was the moment when the master was rising and he sort of like opened the hell mouth a bit. And like, these demons are interested in Sunnydale because it's an open hell mouth. But like they wouldn't have been interested in, in it in 1993.
0: Yeah, but they the are interested in it closed, now. I guess. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and so like and Buffy also, like, I came think... there at the right time. Well, I also think for a hundred years or whatever, the, the mayor has been in control. and Right. Uh, not that he's been doing good, but right, he's but been it's a keeping order. Year. Yeah. It's like yeah. why you
1: don't kill Saddam Hussein.
0: Yeah. 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 And that's the state Sunnydale's in now. Right. That makes sense. Well, so it's, that it's makes a Buffy state. like the occupying- Sunnydale's a failed state right now.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. Giles would have been the successor, but uh, you <clears throat> the know, technocrat too. When he's to, out of town. There's nobody see? in there, which feels very irresponsible, as we've said, for Giles to have left.
0: I mean, I, I kind of like the look of these demons also, um, which I know is not the thing. But, like, they always, every single time, always remind me of uh, the aliens from Star Trek Insurrection. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're, yeah. they're pulling back their cheeks. They're, they're both like, into tre- the
1: face-stretching technology. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm to trying to, to live fact, forever. I feel. But... Uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah, they're like if uh, the Cenobites and Star Trek Insurrection aliens formed a gang together.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, this for the three people still listening. (laughs) This
3: demon gang is basically like one highly charismatic leader and a bunch of miscreant demons that do his bidding, is what it feels like. And I really love, though, I mean, the point of it is to set up that the pov for buffy when she comes back and she's walking through sunnydale and it's just obliterated and it's like well what did i come back to where am i am i in hell right like and i i love that i love that setup and they really do a good job of giving you her emotional state of you know that confusion and then like that blurred vision when she's coming back like she can't even make things out she's got this kind of breaking bad i'm not breaking bad sorry beer bad (laughs) (laughs) acting uh she's doing you know i've seen this kind of cavewoman character but it really fits a lot better here than i think it ever really made sense in beer bad like it really fits here for that style of acting so i think she really pulls off that weirdness and then you know you get to follow her perspective through it and it's a mess it's fantastic
0: one of the first human faces she sees is her own as she's torn apart that's fucking weird that's like oh yeah no i'm in hell i get it I'm putting these pieces together.
2: I I like how in the middle of all this, um, one of the demon guys makes a joke about witches pulling a a rabbit out of a hat. And then, like, Anya freaks out, like, wait, 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 don't do that. (laughs) Like, in the middle of everything going wrong, wrong, Anya's still terrified of rabbits.
0: Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Anya is great this episode, just because she's, like... No matter what terrible thing is happening, it's not going to affect her personality too much. Like, she's still afraid of rabbits and is like, what well, so, can I tell people about this engagement? And I, and I want to
2: protect my goods, a.k.a. the magic shop. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's
3: great. Well, right out the gate. I mean, this is this this two episodes are insanely strong. And like the emotional punches in this episode are great. I love the apology to Buffy for bringing her back, we didn't know. We're sorry. Like they put it together that they didn't dig her out, that she had to like crawl out of the grave. I mean, that whole confrontation with you know the basically the whole gang and discovering that it's not Buffy but it's Buffy is amazing. Uh, just such a beautiful scene. It really like I don't know. There's so many great moving scenes in this. Like about how
0: how fucked up a decision that was. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, I think one thing that's interesting as this show goes on and like the gap between the characters' ages and the actors' ages is like more pronounced. Is like they look like adults. They look like adults making decisions, but you have to be like these are like twenty-year-olds making insane life choices, right? <laughs> no, when you're yeah, you're twenty, you always resurrect your friends.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely.
0: But um, it's
3: it's funny, though, that like in the world of Dungeons and Dragons where I live, right, there's um, resurrection is really like super common that happens. Like, oh, we got bring them back to life because they died and they want to come back. And like there's often no negative consequence associated with yeah. it. It's just like it's like the reset button. They're back. They remember everything that happened. But it just I like how how messed up they really make resurrection here in a way that profoundly different than I think the way they treat supernatural kinds of materials uh and even on this show i feel like their rules about this kind of thing are off but like they really messed up here and it it feels uh it's just wonderful to spend a little time with the reality of how weird that stuff is you know you live in a world of demons but you act like you don't and then (laughs) you resurrect somebody and you're like oh maybe we did mess up uh i mean there's that fine line but they really uh, it's so good
0: yeah have you read any of the uh manga delicious in dungeon it kind of plays with that it's um this manga where it's like uh the basic concept is it's almost like a DD party and it's kind of explicitly like people are always going into this one dungeon to collect treasure and like they form groups that are similar the series begins with uh somebody in the party is eaten by a dragon and people run out and then they're like well we can resurrect them we just need to like make sure they're not digested first so, but that's but okay. Dragons digest people really slowly. So we have a lot of time to, to go resurrect them. But in the meantime, meantime, we'll go back in and they learn to eat things in the dungeon, which is really funny. Um, and it's like mostly about menus. But there is just this assumption that resurrect, like, you know, creating menus out of like dungeon corpses. But there is this casual assumption that resurrection is like super easy. Like mm. <laughs> as long as the person isn't totally digested, <laughs> like no real time. limit. Wow. As long as you got a tow or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do we want to talk about the demon's very intense rape threat? It's upsetting. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't think it's outside of what a demon biker would do.
1: Right. No. I mean, I don't think my objection. I don't know if I have an objection, but if I do, it's not on the grounds that it's not realistic. Uh, I think, um, it's just, it just feels like a very dark, uh, thing for this show to have. It doesn't feel like, I think, uh, that spoiler alert, uh, season six has a darker tone than the rest of the show. And I think this is like, ah, oh, right. That's what I'm watching.
0: Yeah. This would feel very out of place in like season one or two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I mean tonally like the tone of a biker gang which is like breaking mailboxes and right. uh setting houses on fire. I mean the tone is very like goofy and it's like they're terrifying but they're also like they're just miscreants. Like they're they're not they're not the worst in the world and then yeah that that's a sudden shift to then threaten to like rape someone. Um and will they do it? Yeah, it seems like they really will.
0: <laughs> like, the actors are really committed to the lines. Uh, yeah. And some of the dialogue, it reminds me of Firefly a lot. Because um, there's threats about the Reapers, about what they'll do to you. And right. if, you're, if we're very lucky, they'll do it in that order. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Joss is building up his threatening language skills. <laughs> um So uh, Willow doing a spell that calls out the term fragilis and then makes the demons like knives break apart. Like if this was made in 2019 or 2020, which we're in now, um, I would say that this was an intentional call out about like fragile masculinity, but I think it happened by accident.
1: (laughs) I like it, though. It works. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I really like seeing Tara axe a demon in the back. It's nice to see Tara uh, rack up some kills. Yeah. It's her first. <laughs> and um and uh there's the tower. We already we talked about it briefly, but like that tower is still there. Uh yeah. I wonder about like just the sort of who has responsibility for that if somebody suddenly builds a tower, like who's responsible for that? It's obviously an unlicensed construction like does the city the city's going to have to have it taken down? I'm not yeah. super shocked they didn't get it down in the first 3 months, I feel like most towns I I've lived like, in would take somebody that long.
0: owns that lot. And at some point, the person who owns that lot is going to find out this tower was built. And they're going to be liable for any danger that happens from it, right? Right. (laughs) Also, this is just – don't, you know, make this comment because I know. But on Hulu – I was watching this episode on Hulu – and every time they showed Buffy's point of view from looking down at the ground, there's somebody in like a red hoodie or something walking around the corners <laughs> <Yes. Really? and laughs> every yes. single time. And it was like driving me crazy. And I know, I know. Don't give me shit about it.
2: <laughs> oh, I noticed that too. And I'm like, this is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not like they didn't know that guy was in the shot. I mean, I mean, yes, yeah, so they were filling for four by three still, but it was just like,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was so consistent.
2: But there was only one person. The other thing was like, there was one person mucking around down there. Like (laughs) that person really felt like someone who like was not even on set. Like it felt like a person they couldn't control.
3: (laughs) Man, I'm just calling out the emotional scenes this episode because they're all so strong. Mm -hmm. But the, uh, the scene where... Uh, Dawn is trying to convince Buffy not to kill herself and to live for me. is both amazingly selfish bargaining <laughs> with a, a suicidal person, um, and like just an interesting, strong scene. But it, it feels very weird, and I'm it works whatever because we want it to work. But I, having never, I don't even want to joke about suicide counseling because I don't know anything. But this, I this does not feel like the appropriate way to bring someone back from the edge. It just, ever, it felt really wrong and raw. I mean, it's like completely like live for me. <laughs> uh, just a real tough sell for me. I didn't like, I didn't like the, I, I appreciate that Buffy's being brought back, but for the two emotionally powerful scenes before this, this conclusion, I didn't like, I felt like there, I don't know what the other conclusion is, by the way, and I'm not a TV writer and I'm not going to rewrite the show. I'm happy that Buffy is back on the show. That's all great but this scene is just feels really flat and I'm sad how flat it is because there should be a lot more going on and given the, the build from the two previous scenes. And I don't, I doesn't feel appropriate. I mean, maybe Buffy should, she thinks she's in hell. She's going to try and kill herself to go back through the demon dimension. Maybe that's what's going through Buffy's mind, but like the Dawn trying to convince her that it isn't and like to come be with her. And then of course the apocalypse of the tower. I mean, I get the like Buffy's, very responsive to violence and in this episode, even though she's not really communicating, like she's all always good at violence. She's gonna rescue her sister in some way to like bring her back. That feels kind of like where the show is going with this. But uh the artificialness of the climb and that setup, like that tower's weird. <laughs> that tower scene is weird. It just it feels off. It it works in that way that it completes the arc, but it just feels a bit off and it's hard to articulate why.
0: Thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, I I do like the thing of like Buffy doesn't seem to comprehend at all what's going on until like she has that one moment where she recognizes Don, and I felt like that's good emotional acting. And I thought Michelle Trachtenberg's emotional acting this whole episode was great. Like she was yeah. really making me feel. Um, she's good at the she's taken over that Willow ro- former Willow role of like uh, the person you feel when they cry, right? <laughs> um, but yeah. How is jumping to that cable safer than walking down the stairs? (laughs) It doesn't seem like it was. (laughs) Like, it seems like it didn't work out. Like,
1: like, because she pretty much free falls on the rope for a while and then she stops and then she free falls again. And so, like, I think it's only down to her being the slayer and then cushioning Dawn's fall with her body that I think it's basically. Didn't work. (laughs)
0: crazy move Buffy
1: that's crazy <laughs> I mean give her a break she just busted out of a coffin yeah
0: I'm period sticks grabbing the wire
2: I, I think it's I don't know it just seems like Buffy was the one who like mere presence destroyed the tower like the tower was doing just fine it was gonna last a hundred years and then like the the, the supernatural <laughs> Buffy shows up and then the, the tower just crumbles like it's a great metaphor
0: yeah, don't bring Buffy to the third floor of any building at this point, yeah because <laughs> she will rock it. It's like the world was in
2: chaos without the without the true champion that is Buffy. like like you know it's like a medieval fable, right? Like the world has been overrun by by uh, thieving bandits and dragons and all manners of you know you know horrible creatures while the while the champion was gone, and now Buffy's back and yeah.
3: You know what? The, I'm gonna I want to revisit that scene one more time because I think that what what I want from this episode is I want Willow and Buffy to have a confrontation about what it means to resurrect her, and that didn't happen this episode, and instead we got the Dawn versus Buffy thing here, and it's just not as strong. And or like Don and Buffy as sisters which I I mean it's a believable relationship the acting is great but just doesn't have like the build up emotionally that clearly there needs to be this Willow Buffy confrontation like we want to see it and it just didn't happen this episode and that's I feel deprived of that in that like what's bringing her back to life cuz also like Don didn't decide to bring Willow back to uh, bring Buffy back to life Willow did right
2: Okay, you guys are just being quiet, OK? No, well, no, I was going to say, um, <laughs> I know we've already litigated this, but that Buffy does have a sister, but they're yeah. like <laughs> I kept thinking so through you this admit. <laughs> I kept thinking through this that. Oh yeah, but Don's like, you're my sister and all these things.
0: Questions for the group
1: All right, your friends resurrect you. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Grateful.) <laughs> yeah i'm 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 on going on record if i die yes. uh and you guys have the opportunity go for it i mean i realize that uh, you know i would i would like if you guys get the you know logistics figured out uh, please don't resurrect me in a coffin uh buried underground but uh other than that yeah fucking go for it guys bring me back
0: Bring it back, dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is the circumstances where, like, I don't know, you had some accident or something, and Travis actually is there to, like, save you, and we're like, <laughs> <"Not> Travis. <laughs> no, Travis. He wants Tom. to
2: be resurrected. He wants to die, and then he wants to be resurrected.
1: If there's, a, if there's an urn of whatever and... Uh, Osiris. I, Osiris. Yeah, if, you, if, if one of you can resurrect me by vomiting a snake, I would expect you to do so.
3: If yeah, I mean, helps. that seems like a small price to pay to yeah. bring someone
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. back
1: to life. Yeah. I mean, don't vomit a snake if it's not going to help. Don't do that on its own Vomit sake.
0: a snake on a dare, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like, you know, if I've been dead like an hour, maybe. But <laughs> three months.
1: Three this like, months? This is like
0: the Zeppo. This is like the Zeppo
2: thing. <laughs> I I three months. Like
1: yeah. like if Why, I've you, been don't wanna, three months, you don't have like, to worry about catching up on your podcast? Like, what's the, what's the minus three months too long? Ah, what's the day today?
2: Oh, my God. I've been a corpse oh for
1: too long, man. I'm used to being a corpse at that
0: point. Uh, okay, longer, so, uh,
1: longer is better. You get to find out about, like, the new, like, computers and stuff. The world's only oh, getting right, worse. Hap-
0: don't bring me back. I fully expect oh, right. that if
2: Dennis gets <laughs> resurrected, he's going to have weird corpse things that is going to just really just be on his mind all the time. <laughs> 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 like that's in his DNA. <laughs> John just can't wait to go to the
3: consumer electronics show of the future.
2: <laughs> yeah. This shit's too slow for me. Now you guys are all laughing at when I said I want to be cryogenically frozen for like 400 years. Now, how smart does that idea sound like?
1: Yeah. It's
2: basically resurrection in the future. It's true. Oh my God.
3: <laughs> I just, I just saw some manga. I mean, whatever manga is always doing that. So, but where a guy gets frozen for a few years cause he has a, terminal illness and they're like we'll figure it out in the future don't worry about it goes under comes back he's the only man left alive you know oh. you're like that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was what was happening uh but okay so this is maybe along the same lines but what's under what circumstances is it okay to resurrect someone all oh.
1: okay yeah, the ones in which you can
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh it's the only limitation of like can we do it great then we'll do it I yeah, mean, I guess we're kind of like the evil scientists in an, in an Aliens movie of
1: can we, should we? Yes. Yeah. yes we I can. mean, <laughs> I guess there must, there should be some consideration maybe for as to like, who are we resurrecting? Like
0: if you had the opportunity to resurrect Hitler, I don't know, maybe not. He hasn't, fin- he hasn't faced punishment.
3: Yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? resurrect him. people to put them in jail? <laughs> to put them on trial? <laughs> That's pretty
0: fucked up. The zombie I mean, trials. That's super interesting. That's super weird. What if it's uh, a situation where it's, um, you know, like a simulacrum of you, but you know the real you is dead and gone? I feel like we're just writing Black Mirror episodes as we talk. I mean, I, I think like the
3: hell on earth of uh, putting people on trial because there is. So, like. If you're I like the atheist version of this, this is so dark, right? The atheist version is there's nothing happens when you die, but you resurrect someone only to punish them because there's no hell. So you literally create <laughs> hell in order to extend their punishment. that is effed up that that's amazing. That probably if that doesn't exist as a black mirror episode, wow, that was that's. And yes, of course, Hitler, but also everyone, <laughs> everyone who's, who dies before there's any justice. You just have some justice-obsessed, crazy doctor who's like, ah, more justice. <laughs> You're welcome back to Earth. Yeah, right this way.
1: On a completely different note, uh, there's a moment in this episode where uh, Xander makes a reference to the existence of NORAD, uh, and then no one knows what he's talking about, and he's like, I need more male friends because women have never heard of NORAD." I don't really get that. But, uh, is this, this a thing you've experienced at any point in your life where you're like, uh, all my friends are the same gender. I need different gender
0: friends. Sometimes I experience that on this podcast.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I love you guys.
3: <laughs> I, I've been through that a little bit lately for sure. Where I feel like I've mostly, I'm going to say mostly female friends, but where I have mostly female friends, uh, But I don't, I'm not, I just notice it, but I'm not like, I need a man friend in my life. Like, no, this is great. I chose this on purpose. These are (laughs) trustworthy.
0: These are mostly trustworthy people. (laughs) This is great. Yeah. I feel the same. Outside of this podcast, most of my friends are female. Uh, It's pretty solid. Almost, almost all my work colleagues are female or rather women. Let's go on to themes of deep stuff.
2: Deep stuff.
1: So, uh, one thing that caught my eye was um, Tara was uh, saying to Willow, like, you know, maybe it just wasn't meant to be that we resurrect Buffy. It probably didn't work because it wasn't meant to work. And, uh, you know, this uh, maybe it wasn't meant to be sort of thing, I think, is a horrible thing to say. Uh, No matter who's saying it. So like if you're saying it to yourself, like I have a student who constantly does this. She's really bright. But like as soon as her work becomes difficult, she's always like, well, I guess it wasn't meant to be that I'll finish my homework. And I'm like, (laughs) nope, that's not how that works. It's entirely up to you. If you finish your homework, just try harder. Uh, So I feel like that's this this self-sabotaging thing that certain people do. But it's also even worse if you say it to your friend, if you're like, oh, well, uh, you didn't get that job. I guess it wasn't meant to be. That's just, it's a dick yeah. move. But no, no, so you, I feel this is a, this is a callback to something you've already talked about, John.
2: Is that's it? Have like, I already brought yes, this up? <laughs> you've already brought this up before. So I'm like, John is like just waiting for these moments of someone's like, it's not meant to be. And he's like, no, that's BS. That's the worst thing you can tell someone. Remember when you talk that's about funny. this whole email chain where somebody got the, the promotion? You're like, congratulations. I guess this was meant to be.
0: As like a backhanded oh, yeah, compliment. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. i saw that well, like, john i guess i'm still consistent hates this phrase it's it's one of john's triggeries it's like if the show ever brings up guilt i'll be like ah. yeah. <laughs> that's not guilt
2: let let dennis saint john tell you what guilt is but uh, i'm so on board i'm like this is such a crappy thing for say.
0: i mean to me it spoke to the fact that like tara was never 100 percent on board with this resurrection to begin right. with um, yeah,
1: I think the thing that Tara is saying is, is she's pretending to do the it wasn't meant to be thing, which is a way of consoling somebody you're, by saying it's out of your control. But In this particular case, what she's really saying is this was in your control and you really shouldn't have done any things. And thank God nothing happened. Yeah. Um, we also didn't talk about the zombie joke that
0: Anya makes of Buffy eating yeah. brains. <laughs> <laughs> but oh yeah. well. Wow. That's yeah. a good one. Oh, man. A zombie slayer would be pretty
2: badass. <laughs> man, that's even like, yeah, that's crazy because where's she going to get the brains? Oh, that's iZombie. That's, that's a different show on the WB <laughs> Yeah.
0: 10, 10 years <laughs>
2: later. iZombie. I love the obvious, the obvious symbolism between with Buffy breaking out of the dirt and the earth, just like how all the vampires rise up that we've seen. Like Angel rise up out of the ground and put the hand up. And
0: yeah.
2: I'm like, Buffy the vampire slayer came back pseudo vampire like like it's great it's yeah. very it's very interesting and the question is like man now that she's resurrected is she gonna have a soul you know like like there'd be like there's like fun little things you could have you know like how different is buffy gonna be now you know if you do the whole parallel between human to vampire blah 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 blah, blah. so
3: yeah and i you know i thought briefly that she was going to another slayer would be created but i've already had this argument now so the answer is no but because uh, she died and I'm like, oh, another slayer will happen. Like, nope, faith is actually the slayer now. So it's sorted.
1: Yeah. Faith is but, the official slayer. Really? Right.
2: But Somebody tell the Watchers Council. <laughs> Somebody tell that biker gang.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I like the thing of it be paralleling vampirism and it, it, it brings up things of like now Buffy has this one really insane thing in common with all vampires. Right. <laughs> It's like, does this affect her job? Does it not?
2: Yeah, I mean, in theory, yeah. Like, all vampires were once inadvertent victims and then had no control about being brought back to life. Admittedly, they don't have a soul, so that's, like, the whole crux of the matter. But, yeah. She has more in common now with Angel than ever. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I just want to call it that. So this episode, to me, like, symbolizes the end of episodic television forever. Uh, Because it's like, this is really like the beginning of like entire episodes that instead of like being a beginning, middle end are like just a scene, just one long scene. Um, And not just for Buffy. I mean, for everything. (laughs) This is it. Goodbye, episodic television. I miss you. What's the air date on this episode? Air date, October 2nd, 2001. That That ends themes and deep stuff. Uh, Let's move on to recommendations.
2: recommendations
0: all right so first we're going to start with uh biker gang movies um <laughs> so uh you got to go with the marlon brando classic the wild one uh that's you know the famous like uh, what are you rebelling against what do you got uh that's
1: a pretty you know, good marlon
0: brando <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh, and I'm also going to recommend... So I'm going to go light on the Biker Gang movies. I'm just going to recommend that. And uh, the modern exploitation movie, uh, Frankenstein Created Bikers, uh, from this director, uh, James Pickard. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Um, John Luke Pickard. Um <laughs> Uh, so this guy, this, this guy is doing like kind of modern exploitation movies and I really enjoy them. Frankenstein created bikers is like this biker gang gets killed and then a scientist resurrects them as corpses. Uh, and it's awesome. And it's got, um, that, uh, modern bad movie combination of Tristan risk and Ellie church. Uh, anytime they're in a movie together, I like it. They were in, um, harvest lake together and, uh, the movie mania. Uh, I think I've recommended both those movies on this podcast before. Um, uh, and then for the Buffy breaking out of her own grave, I'm going to recommend uh, the classic House of Usher with uh, Vincent Price based on the Poe book, Poe story. Uh, you know, if you're going for breaking out of um, being buried alive, you got to go for Poe at some point. Um, and then I also recommend uh, uh, Kill Bill Volume 2 for Uma Thurman getting buried alive. It's a good scene. Um Oh, uh, and then I'm going to jump into some honorable mentions. Not really Rex, but worth mentioning. Um, The biker gang movie Hellride, because it has uh, the actor who played Jesse in the first couple of episodes of Buffy as a biker. Um, Short Circuit 2, not really a recommendation, (laughs) but Buffy bot being torn apart. Uh, There's a kind of sad scene in Short Circuit 2 where uh, Johnny Five is beaten to death and he screams, and then he goes into a radio shack and builds himself back up. Uh, and then, um, yeah, honorable mention is Star Trek Insurrection. Not really a recommendation, <laughs> but uh, the demons look similar. Uh, whatever. That's an OK movie. <laughs> and if you like biker gangs uh, that aren't human, I recommend the comic The Humans by Tom Neely. It's about uh, a world of uh, it's like Planet of the Apes meets like the wild one. Uh, it's a world where it's all apes and there's a biker gang called The Humans. It's super good all right uh that's what i got does anyone else have anything did i miss anything what about uh, the uh,
3: ryan isn't ryan reynolds in a movie where he's buried alive
0: isn't, oh yeah did, it's called buried, just
2: called buried? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there that ozploitation biker game movie but i can't Stone. remember the name
0: yeah i feel like i couldn't recommend that because i haven't seen it but oh, okay we could talk yeah we saw a trailer yeah, for it <laughs> it looks
3: it looks really problematic from the trailer <laughs>
0: Virgin Predictions
1: Michael, your current overall accuracy uh, for the series as a whole is at a 61.47 whereas uh, for season six so far you're at a 75% so let's see what's going to happen we've only got a couple here to talk about Uh, first of all Michael, you predicted Going back to season four, episode ten, you predicted that Tara will cast a spell to save Willow, which she very specifically does here. She casts the uh, Firefly spell, right, and also and also the um, whooshy Fire spell that makes the demons back off. So that is confirmed. It's amazing it took that long, right? <laughs> it is. It took an entire two seasons for that to happen.
3: Gross. Weird. You'd think that would happen immediately. (laughs) They're both witches. Uh,
1: And then similarly, at the end of season four, Michael, you predicted that Tara and Willow will do a combined spell that will break the world in a good way. And I was thinking about this one. Maybe we could have talked about this last episode. Um, But resurrecting Buffy is something that Tara and Willow and Xander do together. Um, Does it break the world in a good way? I think in a way it kind of does.
0: What do you think? Um... Well, I don't know if it breaks the world really, because we know resurrections have happened before. Wolfram and Hart true. can do them. Okay, true.
2: Uh, Travis, what do you think?: It definitely does break the world in a good way, but the exact my exact reasoning for why it breaks the world in a good way cannot be discussed until a later episode.
1: Okay. So okay. we'll leave this one open then and uh, we'll come back to it. Uh, Travis, do you have an episode in mind that uh, don't have to say what it is, but you have an episode in mind when you want to talk about this musical episode? OK, we can talk about it then. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, very good. So with that only one confirmation, Michael, uh, you're... there's another. Oh, is there another? Oh, there is another. Ah, yes. OK, very good. Uh, season five, episode 15. Michael, you predicted that Buffy will fight the Buffy bot. Dennis, I'm assuming that you uh, want to deny this one?
0: Yeah. Buffy Bot <laughs> is dead. It never happened. So
1: this is the end of the Buffy Bot, we're saying. Oh, that's the end? I guess it's, it's pretty dramatic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about this one. because job won't bring it back this time. Is this yeah. the end of the Buffy Bot? I mean, she's drawn and quartered. <laughs> She's I guess I just can't though. remember.
2: I guess I can't remember. All I know oh. is that Spike, is, Spike has the Buffy bop pieces at the end, and that's why it was suspicious. <laughs>
1: he keeps the leg. Okay. Well, with one confirmation and one denial, then, your overall accuracy, Michael, actually goes down to a 61.4.
3: Damn, and that's a big
1: drop. <laughs> your uh, accuracy for, was one of them a super prediction? Is that why that happened?
0: No, I think it's just because no. we only have like four predictions. Okay, and then your
1: accuracy for uh, this season, for season six, goes down from seventy-five to seventy percent. I I feel like
3: the Buffy bot has been horribly treated, and <laughs> I. I think in the future, we're going to, you know, just like we're going to close all the zoos, we're also going to apologize to all the AI, all of the intelligent robots that were horrifically (laughs) dismembered, uh, had sex with against their, well, whatever, programmed, and then they ignored (laughs) the things that came out of her actual mouth when she was clearly doing some kind of deep learning. Um, Great. I'm sad about BuffyBot. All right. I have new predictions. Um, Prediction one. Anya and Sander aren't going to get married. I thought they were about to announce this thing. They keep putting it off. There's never going to be a right time. This is not happening. <laughs> um, I know I like I'm topsy-turvy on that. That's just the way this thing goes and I'm that's just how how my brain works. Prediction 2: Buffy will forgive Willow for resurrecting her. She will use her words and she will say it's okay you for you resurrecting me. Something like that. Don't use that as a quote. I don't know how she's going to say it. It'll be flippant, but then also emotionally sincere. Giles returning next episode. This world's gone crazy. Giles needs to step in and do have a little leadership. Yes, Buffy, but also dad needs to come back from England. Come on. <laughs> uh, four. Willow is going to say out loud that, uh, no, not she didn't, sorry. Uh, she made a mistake bringing Buffy back to life. Maybe she's done that, but like that's gonna that's gonna get driven home again in this season. Super prediction, Buffy versus Willow battle is happening this season. I know I just said Buffy versus Bussy Bot, that'd be great. You know what'd be really great? Buffy versus Willow. And I want to be clear, like, if Buffy's body is like if she's possessed or taken over, vice versa. If Willow is possessed or taken over, if her physical form is fighting Buffy's <laughs>
1: physical form, that is a battle. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Michael, you, I don't understand why you feel the need to cover all these bases.
3: <laughs> the reason is Dennis St. John, attorney at law.
0: Technically, that was a Willow from a different dimension, so it's not her body.
3: <laughs>
0: just <laughs> kidding. It looks that's, not like a, Willow, that's not a spoiler. That's just a... If it looks like Willow, it's
3: Willow. And Buffy. And, if it looks like Buffy, it's Buffy. And if the Buffy and Willows are fighting, it's a fight.
1: That's all I got. <laughs> So, if the Buffy Bot fights uh, Vampire Willow,
3: technically that that is a Buffy Willow battle, yes.
0: (laughs) If they build a new Buffy Bot.
1: I mean, I feel like I have my marching orders on fan fiction now. (laughs) Buffy Bot versus Vampire Willow. What else happens with
0: that
3: Buffy Bot? That's already happened with the Buffy bot. There's not
2: even
3: there's not even room for someone to like implicate or like imply that people have sex with Buffy bot. Like it's happened. That's always made.
0: Um, with that, uh, I think this that's the podcast. Um, <laughs> it's been a weird episode. Thank you guys for uh, listening through it. Uh, I've been Dennis St. John Um, you can find me online I'm uh, Dennis Comics that's D-E-N-I-S C-O-M-I-X that's my Instagram it's my Twitter and it's my dot com Uh, you can also listen to me on the Nevers podcast sometimes Um, and uh, I'm on you can read my credits on Snoopy in Space and uh, I want to thank you one and all for listening and talking to us at Buffy Virgin You can visit our website, buffyvirgin.com, for links to our blog, YouTube, and Twitter, and Instagram. Reach out, we love to hear from you, and don't forget to rate and review us on the podcast listener of your choice, and we'll see you in hell.